Hello and welcome to another episode of Another Football Podcast, episode 8. We are in the pre-ultima jornada de Liga MX because the end is near and we have one jornada left. Dang. One jornada left. You know, I think this season it's not as chaotic as other prior season. Um, but we're going to dig into what happened this past weekend, week 16th. So with me, you guys know him. <laughs> Tom, you smiling at me. You know him. And... He just found out what Kaken was because I had to translate an Urban Dictionary for him. Tom Harrison, how are you tonight? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing, Karina? I'm good. No, no Spanish today. You always talk Spanish in your intro. What's up? Um, mucho español hoy. Okay. Estoy cansado. cansado. <laughs> okay. Okay. You're excused. Okay. Anyways. Like I was saying, we're going to dig into Liga MX, and as we know, it's international break week, so we are going to talk a little bit about El Tri in English, the convocatoria for the partidos against Argentina, which we always questioned, you know, since the um, international break came out, why Argentina twice, so... It's going to be a very interesting talk. So I'm going to just quickly go over how the table is looking right now for Liga MX. First, Cruz Azul, as we all know it. Second place, América. So those two are automatically from prior week. Clasificados. Third, Pumas. Fourth, Santos. Monterrey and Tigres. Fifth and sixth, which I didn't want to say, but yeah. It's, it's happening. Uh, the Regio teams are looking like they're staying up there. Toluca in seventh. And Tom, your butterflies, the Morelia, are sitting in eighth. <laughs> where, where did that nickname come from? Your butterflies? I mean, it all goes back to your first game. So. Okay. You know. I can kind of see the link there. I just made me laugh. I just wanted to say it. Um, anyway, so after that, ninth is Pachuca with 23 points, 10th Queretaro with 23 points, and Chivas sitting at 11th with 20 points. The first game of this past jornada was Veracruz versus Queretaro. And I told Tom, Queretaro is going to win easily. Come on. Tom's like, no. Veracruz is at home. Um, and yeah, they ended up drawing 2-2. Um, Querétaro took 20 shots, only 5 on target. Um, so it was a very interesting game, but enough of me talking. Tom, what do you think about this game? It's funny. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate to, but I hate to say I told you so, uh, in a way. But this weekend was just so classic Liga Mekis. Everything about it was just so classic, nearly end of season Ligia race, Liga Mekis. You had the two sides sitting uh, just on the edge of, of um, the playoffs with Pachuca, Querétaro. Both sides Friday night playing, teams sitting in the bottom two places in the table. And you think, get those wins, put pressure on the teams ahead of you. 
and um, it started off with Queretaro against Veracruz and um, you know it was, a, it was a nightmare start for Queretaro and they were 2-0 down at half time it was a, a big big shock but Veracruz they had, they had a surprisingly good first half Ad- Adrian Luna played very well picked up two assists and uh, Queretaro came back second half I mean they completely dominated they had chances they eventually found the equaliser later on with Hiramier and what was so interesting or could have been incredible about this game was that they still had a chance after Hiramier's goal and um, it was the substitute Edson Pucci I mean what this guy's doing on the bench I have no idea he's been one of the best players in the Gamekis this season and he should be starting every single game it really doesn't make sense that he's not but he comes off the bench uh, in the second half and he has a chance very late on in the game pretty much last kick of the game and uh, there was a possibility that he could have taken it on he could have got closer to the goal but he went for a first time effort when he had the opportunity and uh, tried to go for the spectacular to bend it into the top corner and um, he put it wide Uh, so it would have been absolutely incredible if Caretto had turned it round with two stoppage time goals to win this game in the end they pick up just a point and considering their goal difference um, it's not looking great for them Definitely. I mean, Veracruz doesn't really have much to play for. So I think my assumption of, oh, yeah, Querétaro has it in the bag. But I'm really, really glad that they came back last minute. Um, It just sucks because Querétaro really needed to win this game. Just like the next team that we're going to talk about, Pachuca, they really needed to win that night. So it kind of saddens me that it went this way and they each got a point off. Um, Iran Mir, yeah, scoring in the what, 93 minute? 93rd the game. Minute, yeah. So, 93rd minute. I can't talk. It's Monday. Um, <laughs> so, I was going to ask you about Iran Mir because Iran Mir is 29 years old. And I feel like every time I see him, I'm like, oh, you know, Iran Mir, like, they should call him up, give him a chance, give him a chance. And I feel like I keep saying that for over years. So I looked up his age today. I'm like, he's 29. Like, I feel like he's just aging. Like, and he hasn't really done. He's had like a very like quiet, I guess, career so far. I mean, he was in Monterrey for years, I think since 09 or something like that. So lately with Querétaro, what do you think about him as in like, you think maybe they would have have given him a chance a couple years ago with Selección Mayor or not? Um, I mean, he he had some games back a a good while ago. He played against the US in uh, the twenty fourteen World Cup qualifiers. I think I think you've described him well. He's he's a quiet player. He's gone very much under the radar for his career. Look, he's he's not a he's a, he's a good defender. He's not a great defender. I think in terms of his Monterrey career, he was hurt with the new rules coming in, with mm-hmm. um, the fact that they could bring in more foreign players, so they were able to bring in better defenders. And uh, then he's been moved on to Querétaro, and you know he's he's having a decent enough career, but at, at 29, it just seems too late uh, to be looking at him as uh, someone to call up I'd say it is too late now I guess I was just thinking like me a couple years ago because from here on out I mean 
defenders for la selección i mean we think we're kind of based off of the youth right now maybe because we don't really have like a hard backbone to la selección right now it's still in formation so i was like i don't know kind of like a question like what if but it just sucks that like a defender like him he has great height i mean aerial wise is kind of like gone to the trash he's just been in Monterrey like there's nothing else that he would have looked forward to you know yeah perhaps he was uh around just a little bit too early before you know if he was a young when he was uh if he was younger Liga Mekis was at the stronger status that it is now then he may have amounted to more agree agree now let's move on to Atlas versus Pachuca. Um, a game where, like we said, Pachuca needed to win. And they drew. And this is another one that I think I told you, Pachuca's going to win easy. And mm-hmm. you're like, no, but Atlas. And I kind of agreed because Leon couldn't beat them. So, yeah. And interesting enough, they each only had three uh, shots on target. Um, it just sucks for Pachuca because now they're sitting in ninth and their next game is versus Leon, their last jornada. So I don't think it should be your problem because, you know, they have that. They're the same um, yeah, father there's, and son. There's going to so, be nothing dodgy about that game whatsoever. Oh, no, nothing at all. Nah. Nothing at all. So it shouldn't be a problem for Pachuca. I would be really like really ridiculously surprised if Leon just wins and that's not going to happen it's like in my stunned. dream yeah um, so it shouldn't be an, uh, it shouldn't be a hard game I mean I, honestly I want Pachuca to win because like we said we really want to see Pachuca so it's just like a perfect scenario it just sucks that they let three points slip away versus Atlas um, so yeah I mean it's it's a surprising game just mm-hmm. I mean Pachuca had fewer shots in this game than they had goals against Nakaxa. Yeah, and they just haven't managed to to string together a, a good, a really good run of form, consistent games where they're picking up victories, to uh, get them from that middle of of the table pack up into the Ligia spots. This has got to be so disappointing for them. You know, they've they've played very very well this season, as we say. They just haven't picked up some of the results that they should have done, and. Yeah, to come off the back of such an amazing performance against Atlas and then, um, sorry, against Nakaxa and then just produce pretty much nothing against Atlas is really, really disappointing for them. And it puts them, in terms of their Ligia chances, in a very tough situation now because uh, they're relying on other teams to slip up. They've, they need uh, Toluca, either Toluca to lose or um, Morelia to not win and then you know win themselves which like we said they probably should uh, but it's a tough situation for them now very upsetting if they don't make it yeah I, it will be a shame and particularly a shame not to see Guzman in Ligia because you know this guy is is up there in, in the conversation for player of the season so to not see one of the, the best players and being a, a young Mexican as well, to not see him in the biggest stage of them all in Mexico and Ligia, it, it would be disappointing. So, question: If Pachuca does not make it to La Ligia, 
should we give another season to Paco Ayestaran? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they've played well enough. Um, I think they're, they, they've started to find uh, more, of, uh, more of a system as they've gone through the season after some experimenting at the start. I think they, I think they still struggle. Uh, there's so much attacking quality and I'm not I'm still not, I'm not sure myself how to fit them in best I mean you've got Franco Jara and Leo Ujoa two strikers can they play together probably not especially under Paco um, but individually they're two of the best in Liga Mekis I mean he's he's brought through Pablo Lopez as well who's a guy that people have spoken about for a long while and now he's getting a regular start yeah I think uh, it would be very harsh to sack him and um, considering that their performance has been better than their results it just seems uh, likely it seems logical that if you give it a longer period of time the results will come you know results come from performances luck and the short term will affect results uh, but if you trust in the performance then if they keep up this level of performance next season they're going to be easily in Ligia they're going to be up there with the top four or five of the league so definitely I think they should they should keep them any tweaks of players that you would add to this Pachuca I think the question is they don't have the sort of big names in defense they've actually done quite well defensively this season they've only conceded 17 goals but there's the question of goalkeeper you know Conajel Perez is is now a bench player um, mm-hmm. Is Alfonso Blanco good enough to be a starter? They're still playing Shaggy Martinez half the time, which I don't know how he's playing in Liga Mekis, to be honest. Uh, I mean, Blanco fair play to him. Man of the match that game versus Atlas. Versus Atlas, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's uh, he's a player to to think about. I mean, they, it's a position they could potentially strengthen. And then centre backs is is an interesting one. Is is Pena the long term? centre-back partnership partner for Murillo potentially uh, it's something to think about the other question is Aguirre I mean he's he's always a question but is he a left winger is he that was going to be the question every single game you know it is yeah. it's a massive question and um, they keep playing him there I personally think they would be better off playing someone else <laughs> there to be honest <laughs> uh, I think they have other options I think even Francisco Figueroa could do a better job there. They would have less width, but if they played Angelo Segal, he's a, definitely a more talented attacking, attacking player. So he's a question. You know, he's a talented young player, but he's a, a bit of an enigma. I feel like every time I, I bring him up, it, it just comes to me like you saying, just pick a position and stay there. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I mean you're right. I think it's you know it's always a question mark, uh, just like in in Pachuca as in La Selección the past couple games. So it kind of throws off like what he's done in Liga Mekis and when he plays the Selección and so. Um, moving on to Tigres versus Puebla massacre that happened, pretty much, Gignac had four goals he had he got poker four goals Vargas had two goals um it was funny because Puebla was actually ahead with mm-hmm. Cavalini's goal so I kind of had hope for Puebla like 
come on, because Tigres has not turned it on yet. Puebla, come on, yes, hold it down. And that totally backfired. And Tigres was dominant, 6-1. The third and the fourth goal from Gignac was, they were beautiful. Kept replaying them. They were really, really, really beautiful. And with those four goals, Gignac's on top of the um, the goal score. They, he beat Furch. It kind of upsets me, but I really like Gignac. So crazy, crazy weekend. Um, very important. Three very three very important points for Tigres. Talk to me about Tigres versus Puebla. Well, it could have been such a different game if it weren't for VAR. And it's the second week in a row that Tigres have benefited from VAR because last week they got uh, a Chilier sent off, which completely changed the game against Morelia. Uh, and again, it happens in this situation. I mean, whether they would have gone on to win anyway, probably, but you never know. Uh, but they were 1-0 down when a goal was um, ruled out for offside and then, and then given, thanks to VAR. And from then on, like you say, they, they completely ran riot. Gignac, I mean, how does he do it? How does he do this every single year? His improvement in the last couple of games of the regular season and going into Ligia is just, it's, it's inexplicable. It really is. I, I cannot explain how he can suddenly become so much better. The, the improvement is just unbelievable. I mean, this season. This is only one game, and if you went if you went back into other past seasons, other past league years, you'd have some ridiculous uh, statistics to to back back up how different his performance is. But I mean, just giving this one game example, throughout the whole season, he's averaged a, a goal every five point five shots. So he's taking five and a half shots to score a goal against Puebla. He scores four goals from six shots. I mean, mm. the level of improvement is just... And it's a one-off game, so this can happen. But in the past, he's done this. I mean, I remember there was... Uh, I think it was two seasons ago, he went on a run from... I think it was when they, uh, when they beat Puebla. When they thrashed Puebla just before Ligia. And then went into Ligia. Uh, and the same sort of thing happened. And he... Uh, Gignac scored um, seven out of ten shots. He went on a run of se- seven goals from ten shots which is beyond belief. Uh, so at this point, I just don't know. I don't know how he manages to be so much better. And it's, it's kind of frustrating in a way because you think, well, why aren't you this good all the time? All the season. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's impossible to be that good, although Julio Furch is doing his best and he's doing very, very well at it. But yeah, how can this much improvement be made? The only thing I can think is something mentally, but it seems beyond belief. Also interesting, uh, this game, just to mention, Edu Vargas had a very, very good game. And he's been out of the side a lot this season, but mm-hmm. he's come back into it. He had a fantastic game. He scored a very, very good goal um, against Puebla. Uh, and um, I think it was the second goal. And so he is looking, especially with Zellerayan currently out, he's looking like he's cemented his place in the starting lineup for um, Tigres going into Ligia. I think they've, they finally might have found their strongest starting lineup. Tigres always turning up right before Ligia. So we can definitely expect them to go insane. Let's move on to 
Cholos versus Morelia. Very, very important game for Morelia because they're they're right there. They're just right there. So these games are kind of crucial. And scoreboard 3-2 in favor of Monarcas. Cholos with not a great season at all. It's kind of upsetting. And kind of rumors are that Diego Maradona you know, mm. could be the next one taking over. And honestly, I don't think that'd be a bad idea. I kind of would really like it. Um, but anyways, really, really important game for Morelia. I think Sensores had two goals that night. Um, was it Vegas had one too? Yeah, Vegas, yeah. So, cuéntame de este partido. Talk to me about Monarcas because they... They needed these three points, and they actually came through with it. So they're now sitting at eighth with 25 points. I love this game. I love this game so much. You know, you know, I did. I was, I was going mad about this game. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Like, oh my God, Morelia's beating. They're winning. It was such a fantastic uh, football match. It was just um, pre-Ligia drama at its finest in Liga Mekis, a team that had to go and pick up three points um, and they they went and did it in, in spectacular fashion it was it was brilliant I mean Sansores with two goals Sansores is this is really really fascinating for me um, because you know Roberto Hernandez is a guy I have so much respect for I think the job he's done at Morelia is unbelievable I think um, no one in Liga Mekis is in terms of the last couple of seasons, no one has done better than him in terms of any coach, I don't think. Uh, the way that they have overachieved is just unbelievable, especially this season after losing Rui Diaz. And, um, you know, he, the last few games, he's been leaving Diego Valdez, clearly their, their most talented player. He's been leaving him on the bench and playing Miguel Sansores instead. Miguel Sansores, whilst he is a vastly uh, inferior player overall, he is a superior player aerially. And what Morelia are very good at, because they, they play quite a structured positional system, they're very good at getting the ball wide and getting crosses into the box. And they're also pretty effective at set pieces. And uh, Sansores adds that aerial threat. And he scores two absolutely superb headers against uh, Tijuana and uh, helps Hernandez and Morelia to, to just get the job done, to get the victory. So what seems like a bizarre decision to leave out your best player turns out to be a very, very effective move from Hernandez, who is really looking at the bigger picture, really looking, looking at the bigger picture, but also looking deep, thinking deep, thinking, how are we going to play? What are, what is our attacking strengths? How are our attacks going to be formed? And then thinking, well, because we're going to get crosses, I need my strongest uh, aerial player in attack. So I need Sansores, even though he doesn't offer all those things Valdez can offer. I need him so that, um, so that we're more threatening aerially and you know it worked the other thing I loved about this game was uh, Sebastian Vegas' goal because he literally hits the exact same shot twice in a row twice in a row he hits yeah. a, a half, like a half volley into the ground that gets deflected and then hits the exact same shot and it ends up in the back of the net I thought that was just brilliant so 
It was a great game. It was a really fun game. So, Valdez, do you see him playing like Ia or not? I mean, uh, Hernandez is a is a guy that puts the team first. It's team over stars. And the team ethic that they've got at Morelia is phenomenal. You've said before about how they backed him up. And the other thing that stands out for me is their celebration. Every time they score a goal, the whole team get round in a circle and point to the sky together. And you mm -hmm. can see that team ethic every time they score. And, you know, it's, it seems in a way, perhaps another reason he's been left out, maybe he, he's getting these chilly call-ups. He thinks maybe he starts to think he's a little bit too good for the team and uh, Roberto Hernandez is, is a team first sort of guy and, and if the um, if the team as a unit are playing well together and it's fitting in with this style then I, I see and, and obviously they're getting results I see mm -hmm. him staying on the bench I mean personally I'd like him to come in for Rodrigo Mila and play in the deeper role I think he can play there as well and, and be very very effective but no I don't think it will change to be honest interesting no, I agree. I mean, I feel like you give props to the... It's really rare when a coach now gives priority to getting results. What works, regardless of the stars. Why? Because there's so many stars that come to Liga Mekis and you kind of force that you have to play them even though they may not be consistent all season, but they're mm. starting over someone who has the potential to playing that role better. And also you know? the, the feeling of it's a risk. If, if, mm -hmm. you, if you're Morelia and, and if you lose with Valdez then oh, okay, well, you know, what else could you have yeah. done? If you lose and Valdez is on the bench, you're going to get hammered. Yeah. Because you've left out your star man. So it's a big risk for a coach to do this. Yeah. Big, big pops. I mean, last uh, last jornada they're facing Cresul, so I would assume Cresul's not going to really risk a really A-plus lineup just because, I mean, they're already in. They wouldn't want to... You know, but so. do they do they want to get a point to secure Super Liga? Who's America playing in that last jornada? America hosts Veracruz. Hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if they if they wanted to do that. Um, plus, Cruzos all have pretty good depth. I mean, mm -hmm. say so they bring in Renteria up front. He's having a, a decent season as an impact sub. They've got. You know, like Salas can come into midfield. Lichnowski plays in defence, so they have they have some depth. Um, maybe we'll see Misael as well. Yes. Oh, is he off or with no, the? Oh, he's, he's, he's with the U20. He's with yeah. the U20. He got an assist this weekend. Actually, play pretty good. Um, but still, there. I mean, they're on a they're on a fantastic run. So I, I still think they'll be a tough, a very tough opponent from Morelia. That game, seven o'clock Friday. Don't miss it. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> I was about to say you kept telling me you, it's gonna be an awesome game. Like it's gonna be an awesome yeah, game. It's like, gonna be an awesome, awesome yeah, game. Yeah. It's game of the week, uh, Karina. Game of the week. Game of the week will do. Um, okay. Any other league mix game you wanna talk about? Uh, just the other one to mention that is of importance is that Toluca slipped up a little bit at home against Pumas and um, it's dragged them back into the Ligira race. Uh, another goal for Carlos Gonzalez, got the win for Pumas and um, you know Toluca now may be in a position where they need to get a result in their last week. They go to Lobos, uh, so you know a place they can get a result at but Lobos uh, obviously have only they, they lost on the weekend. 
uh, against Cruz Azul, but after that they were sorry before that they were unbeaten in five games. So might not be easy. Uh, so Toluca still yet to secure their place, uh, thanks to Pumas getting the win and and Pumas are in. I didn't think Pumas was going to win, honestly. No, it's a it's a pretty surprising result. Uh, it's the first time Pumas have got a win against a big team this season, so yeah. maybe gives a little bit more credibility to their credentials going into Ligia. Just just a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. I'm not I'm not too for them at all. Sorry for my dad because my dad's a Pumas fan, but not too for them. Um, and then just to quickly mention Santos America, a game where I mean. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like the, both of the games I went to in um, in DFA last week, which is it's just another game between two teams uh, looking like they'll be in Ligia. Well, these two teams that are, had already secured Ligia uh, started yeah. off decent, a uh, couple of goals from headers, and then it, it quickly fizzled out towards the end and both sides kind of settled for the point. Butch missed a half an open goal um, and but he still manages to keep up his record of pretty much one goal for every two shots so crazy 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 Furch will always do it even if you doubted him you doubted him Tom yeah this is the this is the moment where you were right it's one all this it's one all this weekend <laughs> I wish I had that video so everybody could hear how you were saying. Yeah, Kari, you're right. Yes, Furch was going to score. Um, but that video was lost. So if you guys saw it on my Snapchat, that's cool of you guys. <laughs> um, okay. International break week. And Mexico will be playing Argentina twice. Why? Because that's just how things work around here. Um, interesting to say how many friendlies have happened since World Cup. Um, obviously, we seem different kinds of call-ups, um, very youthful call-ups, and then now this call-up, we kind of bring in some of the players with a little bit more experience because it's Argentina, and we kind of have to at least play al tu por tu with Argentina because we have a history with them, and it's just Argentina. Very quickly through the call-up. Corona, Hugo Gonzalez, and Ochoa, really no difference there. Um, it's on Alvarez, who I'm kind of excited because he has been benched for the last couple of games and hasn't gotten any minutes. Jesus um, Angulo, but he got dropped because he got injured. Néstor Araujo, who I'm glad to see. Um, Arteaga, Miguel Ayun, first call-up after the World Cup. Pretty exciting there. Diego Reyes, who's always been my biggest question mark and barely made bench for... Fenerbahce? Fenerbahce. <laughs> for Fenerbahce, like, two weeks ago. Um, Eric Aguirre, Piojo Alvarado, Javier Aquino, El Cone Brizuela, Jesus Dueñas, Marco Fabian, Jesus Gallardo, Javier Güemes, which we're going to get into that. Um, Guti, Eric Gutierrez, uh, Victor Guzman, Chucky Lozano, but he's out due to a hamstring injury. Shaka Rodriguez, Raul Jimenez, Henry Martin, Alan Pulido, and Angel Saldivar. So, 
why I said we'll talk about Javier Güemes because it's just a surprise to me. So what better than to talk about Javier Güemes by having Tom talk to me about Güemes this season, statistically. Can I just repeat what I said last time? Yes. <laughs> so let's compare him to Mexico's most underrated player, who is Dita Villalpando. And Dita Villalpando is a more attack-minded, more creative midfielder. Dita um, plays a key pass more than twice as often as Guemes does. So he's offering a lot more creativity and clearly he's taking a lot more risks with his passing. Despite this, he misses a pass less regularly than Javier Guemes does this season. He has missed a pass less regularly than Javier Guemes, which just, it just speaks volumes. Just hard to explain, really. It's hard to, it's hard to see where it came from be honest yeah no i agree and, and my- you know you know who really should have been called up in if they if they want a holding midfielder isn't is, an, is oh. an, a different player from necaxa fernando gonzalez who is has had a fantastic couple of seasons for necaxa he's come from absolutely nowhere um you know uh, a, a chiva a guy from comes from chivas and uh he just no one had ever heard of him, really. And he's, he's come from nowhere to be absolutely superb for Nakaxa in the last couple of seasons. I mean, um, he is just pivotal. He, he's very... I think he's similar to Gaito, that, that holding midfielder who the play goes through. He's a, a deep-lying playmaker. He, he very rarely misses passes. He, he misses passes less regularly than Guemes, for sure. And um, he actually wins the ball more often per 90 minutes than Javier Guemes does. So, for me, Fernando Gonzalez is someone, if they wanted a holding midfielder, he's 24, he's younger, he's statistically better with the ball and without the ball. But not in the squad, unfortunately. He, he's very overlooked. He's not in the squad. Deep that is not in the squad. I mean, what's up? They, do they have a thing against Nagaxa players for some reason? No, well, well, they don't because they've called up Hugo Gonzalez, who's been the second worst goalkeeper in the league this season after I, Pedro Gaiese. Like, so they clearly don't, but they've they've made some odd decisions. Poor choices. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Poor choices. Um. Anything else you want to say about this lineup? This um, call up any players that you're like really again or yeah there, there's one and that's Gerardo Arteaga who has played between his last uh, his game against the USA and being called up he played seven minutes of Liga Mekis football and again we had this thing of calling up both Santos left backs now Angulo is uh, injured and uh, because of that Arteaga played against America but he played seven minutes in between his last international game and, and the call-up, which is crazy uh, that he still gets a call-up for me. Um, there's, there's a lot of players that could have come in at left-back instead. There's, there's no shortage of Mexican left-backs playing. And one I, I might have liked to see was uh, Christian Cardoron at Atlas. I think he would have been an interesting um, player to, you know, we're, we're giving a lot of chances to a lot of different guys. I think he'd have been someone who maybe deserves a chance. Um, yeah. There's also a notable striker missing, which I'll hand the floor over to you. 
I feel like I get annoying by saying it, but it's just so obvious. Where is Alexis Vega? Where? Do I need a campaign? Like, have a big poster outside the FMF saying, Alexis Vega. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just don't get it. You, you mean, Raul Jimenez, yes. Henry Martin, yes. Alan Burrido, like I've said, it's when he wants to show up, he wants to show up, and he doesn't, he doesn't with Chivas. So, what can he actually bring to La Selección? Angel Saliva, I'm not a big fan of. So, where is Alexis Vega? And I and my dad, actually, my dad was like, "So who they call up?" And I, he was like, "Where's Alexis Vega?" I'm like, "Thank you." Like I thought it was just being crazy, but I don't think I'll ever see him. And it's slightly upsetting because he's doing so good. So it's kind of like, what else do you have to do in order to get at least a call up? I just want to see him a couple minutes, even if he doesn't make it to four years from now. I want to see him at least get some minutes. Like I told my dad, there's some players that are just. Liga Mekis players. They're players that transitioning to La Selección, they don't really give you that much. So I want to see that. I want to give him the opportunity. And if he's a, uh, a player that can play for La Selección, great. We found another striker. If not, then let's just keep trying more strikers. But stop calling the same ones that we've already seen and doesn't give results. And I know they're just friendlies, but it's just, you know, I'm yeah. Mexican. I take things seriously for La Selección, so... <laughs> I mean, for me, it doesn't even have to come down to comparison with the other strikers called up in the squad. I, like, you, for me, you, you put this squad together, you go, okay, what Europeos are we going to have? Right. And then you go, okay, who's, who's the youngsters coming from Liga Mekis? And it's like, okay, well, 100% because they've been very good this season, you have to have Alvarado. Guzman and Vega and that's about it I mean it doesn't yeah. even come down to com comparison with other players he should have been one of the first names on the list it, this is the most mind-boggling of decisions it, it, I'm gonna send him a message <laughs> uh, I just don't yeah it's very 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 hard to understand uh, mm -hmm. the the thinking behind the fact that he wasn't in the first call-up and then he's just continued his form. And it's not even like this is a guy that's come from nowhere. He was good two seasons ago before he got injured. Even, hey, yeah. even Chivas want to buy him. So they, they, they think he's better than Polito and Saldiva, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God, exactly. Uh. So it's, yeah, I, I just don't comprehend with the thinking behind it I really don't so it's a yeah. it's a great shame um, but you know we'll have a new manager soon so whoever that may be whoever that may be yeah. maybe he will have a different perspective um, whoever it may be I mean it's it's going to be a long time until Mexico play again it's going to be very interesting to see what the squad looks like in Mexico's next game as uh, who knows there's so many of these players that are kind of... That you don't look at them and think, oh, yeah, for sure, of course they're in there. There's, there's a, a lot of this team that's like... You know, even someone like Jesus Gallardo, people like him because he had a good couple of games at the World Cup. But someone new comes in, maybe he has a different perspective on him. Mm -hmm. And he might not make a call-up. Yeah. So things could change a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. 
I agree. I think from this list we can rescue, take out the some of the Europeos. Uh, I'm not, you know, but three or four I could see keep calling them up. But other than that, a lot of people are going to drop off the call-ups, definitely. Um, so we will we will see. Another one that I, I, I missed, uh, just because he's in the, the U20 right now, Linus. I would have loved to see a Linus versus Argentina. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't... Uh, another thing I don't understand. Why is Linus playing against semi-professional Caribbean players instead of playing in Liga Mekis and against Argentina. Com- yeah, I mean, they won, like, what, 10 zero. Yeah, it's a waste of time. Like, it's just a waste of time. It, it's a waste of time. And, and, uh, and the only reason I can think is because they, they want to sound good by going, oh, look, we won this youth competition. But yeah. no, this is about developing players. This is not a... It doesn't matter. You win a Caribbean youth tournament or you don't. It doesn't matter. What matters is how well this Mexico Mexico do at the senior level. Are they going to win every Gold Cup or not? How well are they going to do at the World Cup? That's the big thing. Every four years, how well are they going to do at the World Cup? So develop your players. Linez is not going to... It's not helping him playing against people who are 20 times worse than him. Get him playing proper Liga Mekis football starting getting ready for Ligia so that he could be a key player for America in Ligia because he really could be he could be mm-hmm. massive for them but he's off somewhere else playing against semi-pro teams and guess what is, is Piojo going to chuck him back in the lineup for Ligia probably not probably not so it's going to hurt again. it's going to hurt him in that sense he's missing out on these um, games against Argentina yeah they're friendlies but they're Argentina I mean, this is an experience in terms of seeing the uh, the atmosphere. Uh, like, it's going to be an incredible experience for some of these young players. A massive learning experience. He, he's missing out on this, playing in front of, like, what, 10 people? You know? Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it's such short-term thinking and thinking about the wrong things. Player first. Play, youth level player first, you know? <laughs> I love this dark, twisty Tom. You just went at it. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's just a waste of time wasting a player. Should be getting ready for Ligia. Should be playing these friendlies. He has the potential. Why not get him into that experience rather than, yeah, playing against semi-pro players that they're really bad, really, really bad. Yeah. Like the goalie this weekend. I was like, really? I, I could probably play better than that. And and you can barely even run with your knee, right? <laughs> <laughs> you taking shots at me, Tom? Okay. You're I'm just shots. I'm just saying I'm just saying. Okay, that was a good one. That was a okay, good one. That was nice. a good one. <laughs> no, no, but f- I. So. F- fun fact on Liners, actually, as he, as we bring him up, he has scored all three shots he's taken this season in the Gamakis. All having pretty good losses too. Yeah. Props to Linus. He's a he's a beauty to watch on the field live. I'll tell you that. He's amazing. Um, exciting to see his future. Okay. Talked about Liga Mekis, NL3. Anything else you want to say to wrap up this episode? Uh, just a shame, I think, the, the timing of these international games. I, You know, one week before the last week of Liga Mekis... 
Yeah. Like it, it kind of takes the a little bit of the excitement out of it. I keep still thinking that the the Morelia Cruz Azul game is this Friday, and I keep going, oh no, I have to wait a whole week for it. So you have to wait a whole week. It's a bit of a shame, but hopefully, hopefully Mexico will give us some some positives. In other news, Mohamed will no longer be with Celta, so wouldn't be surprised if he came back to a team in Liga Mekis since it's a... Uh, I think that's, it's a, that's very likely, right? Yeah, I mean, we're all second coaches left and right, so jobs are always open. Maybe they should hire you, Tom. <laughs> Boom, you're hired. Okay. You just got to buy well, Chiapas first. <laughs> we got to relive Chiapas. Oh, my God, yes. We, we, we're going to bring a new segment in next episode, so just you guys wait on it. Slow key regarding Chiapas, so get excited because Tom's gonna woo you with that. Okay, no one's so listening to the next episode now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will. They will. They love the, the moment that Chiapas will come back and win Liga Mekis. It's gonna be like the best thing ever. Um, just let me win the lottery first so I can so I can give you the money to buy whatever players you want. So. <laughs> Okay, this will wrap up episode eight. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and we hope to be back next week or the week after that. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, Tom, if they not if they are not following you already, where can we find you at? It's at Tom H underscore thirty six. And what about you, Karina? At Gary Torres underscore seven. Follow us for more football action going on. And I hope you guys really enjoy this podcast and keep listening to us. We really appreciate everybody. Um, but yeah, so let us know what you guys think. So thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week.